blanket and some sunblock. It's time for lying on the beach on camera. Lowest state. Welcome to another edition of Lying on the Beach on Camera. I'm Lois Whitman Hess, wearing my virtual reality outfit today that could possibly turn transparent and then everybody goes blind. But I'm with this with us today is Steve. Uh-oh, Steve is not here today. Steve Greenberg, he's traveling, but we're very lucky to have our Zoom engineer David Neves. David Neves. 20 years and I can't pronounce his name, but we're, we're going to change his name. And our extra special guest is Jeffrey Young. He is the first sleep doctor we've ever had on our uh, Lying on the Beach on camera. But we're not here today to talk about sleep. We're here today to talk about the Oculus Quest 2. What is that? That's what I asked Jeff when he first bought it. It is a virtual reality headset that is now owned by Facebook. That's interesting. It's an all-in-one gaming library of inspiring games and experiences. And there is no better person to tell us about virtual reality experiences other than Jeff because he is a user and a psychologist who specializes in the treatment of sleep, mood, and anxiety. The perfect target audience for an amazing innovation like this, plus the rest of us. Jeff is also an assistant clinical professor at UCLA. He has been with UCLA for over 16 years, and he also maintains a private practice in Encino, California. One important note to Jeff's bio is that he is my baby cousin, first cousin. And I, and I uh, boss him around all the time, like I tell him to open up his eyes. He's such a sleep doctor that he sleeps all the time. Anyway, before we get into the Oculus Quest 2, David is gonna roll some video on what this looks like so the, whole, the audience at home understands what this is all about. And then Jeff is going to be doing most of the talking. Roll the tape, roll the recording, roll whatever it's called on Zoom. That's a strike. Is another strike coming? got to see a little bowling, we got to see a little poker, we got to see a little blackjack, we wandered around, we saw what pro productivity is like and what it's like to re relax. So Jeff, Dr. Jeff, please tell us why did you get involved 
with the Oculus Quest 2? I mean, how did that all come about? Well, I started um, with the Oculus Go, which was their first um, headset that was completely independent of a PC. And I used that for a long time. I'd watch Netflix on it. I used the browser. I play some games, but then they came out with the Oculus Quest, and then which I didn't take. And then I went to the Oculus Quest 2, which I decided to take a chance on, and I loved it. And and what you know, I mean, you've been talking to me about this for six months, and, and you're right. like always trying to convince me to buy it. What is so fantastic? Tell everybody at home. Nobody even knows. Show us what the headset looks like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what the headset looks like. This is the headset. I'm going to back up. I'm going to put it on. Go ahead, put it on. Bit so you can see what it looks like. And it's How heavy is it? That, what? How heavy is it? It's not very heavy. You know, it's a little front heavy, but it's not especially if you get this, what's called an elite strap, it hooks right onto your head and it's very comfortable. It's got a very comfortable interface for your face. And if you see here where I'm pointing, these are cameras. Uh, I got cameras here and I got cameras down at the bottom here. And these cameras scan the environment you're in so it knows where the boundaries are of your play place. And it also helps orient where you are in space. <clears throat> so what, the, what this does is it knows basically how high I am in space, how low I am in space, whether I'm turning my head to the right or the left, up or down, and then You've got these controllers, which you wear in either hand. Oh my God. <clears throat> and I've got like a little accessory to kind of keep them on my hands. And what these controllers do is it knows where my hands are in space. So it knows, for example, um, and it knows what my fingers are doing. So if I want to make a fist, I'm flipping clicking this button and this button, and I have my thumb down, and now it looks like a fist, so I can fist punt people if I want to say hello. So, you know, it's very uh, interactive in that way. And when you're manipulating things, you can grab and pick things up. You can throw things. You can, uh, you know, with both hands, um, you can do... Uh, most anything your hands would do. There's actually a mode where you can do, you can get rid of the controllers and manipulate everything with five fingers. Um, but that's a, you know not available in every application or every every game. So that's basically the setup, and that's what it looks like, and that's how you interact with the environment. <clears throat> and what's interesting is that, you know, if you if you put something over here, you go back and grab it over there and it's very natural. So all the distances are exactly the same. So you, it, you know where you are in space, it knows where you are in space as well. And that way it's a very easy and coordinated um, way of, of moving around uh, your environment. 
which is one of the nice things about it is it's very immersive. So when you have the headset on, it's like the entire world goes away and the world that you're involved in is the world of whatever application you're in. So that's, that's all very technical for the average user. Tell us what it's like, the experience itself. We watched the video, but like we know why young people use it for games, but like would, why yeah. would anybody 50 plus well, use it? I mean, they can play games, I get it, but like right. you could do that with the TV set and some gadgets. What does this whole virtual reality do for you? Well, as opposed to like a regular game that you're looking on a flat screen, you feel part of the action. You're there for, uh, it's probably best to give you an example. Like um, if I'm at a blackjack table in a game called Poker Stars, I'm an avatar, everyone around is an avatar. I know that I can look around my environment and take in my environment in any way I want because I'm there in effect. I can look down, I can look under the table, I can look at the sky, I can look at something passing by in my field of view, and I can also look at people. So if someone's next to me and I have a good hand and they wanna congratulate me, I know they're looking at me and I know they're waving because I can see their hand moving in front of me. So it's very interactive. It's also the sound, the way the sound is done. If someone's on my left-hand side, I hear them as if they're on my left-hand side. If someone's on my right, I hear them on their right. If they're in front of me, I hear them as if they're in front of me. And people in back of me, I can hear that they're in back of me. So it gives you a very immersive um, presence an interesting way of socializing and interacting with people and having conversations because the sound technology is, is great. You hear everybody the way you're supposed to be hearing them as if you were sitting at that blackjack table or that poker table. And it gives people an opportunity to socialize with either their own friends if they, because I was able to convince two of my friends so far to get Oculus headsets. So, um, you know, have to work on them very, very slowly. One was poo-pooing it for a while, and then he got a little more interested, and his wife was in earshot and started going, what are you buying now? <laughs> and it ended up that um, the wife bought it for him, called me and a friend to say, oh, what do I get this thing? He got it. Um, Saturday night, I was playing poker with him for an hour and a half. And what we were doing was going back and forth and talking about anything we would normally talk about on the phone, but we were playing poker at the same time. So we had something to look at, something to get excited about, something to uh, be into. He's a big poker person. I'm not that big of a poker person, but I, it's fun just to sit and play. And um, in, in the place, in something like PokerStars, you also have some, something called props. So um, you can uh, uh, light up a virtual cigarette, even though it's not quite PC or a virtual pipe or cigar. And you're sitting there with a cigar in your mouth, you pull it out and smoke comes out of your mouth. Um, you can give, I bought Oreo cookies 
so I'm passing around cookies to people if they want to have a thing. I gave them a popsicle. And, you know, they take the popsicle, it takes a virtual bite, they put it down, they take another virtual bite, and eventually it's gone. But it's a lot of fun because you have these things that um, you can interact with uh, on the table itself. During Valentine's Day, I was playing and somebody had a Valentine's box of chocolate. So they're passing it to everybody and everyone's taking a piece of chocolate. I mean, it's a little bit, after you think about it too hard, you're thinking I'm pulling out like a computer generated piece of chocolate and eating it, but everyone's into the mood. So everyone's having a good time. And it's like, you know, it's like someone, I, I got my friend Steve some martinis and he likes martinis. So I handed him a martini. <laughs> and so it's, it's a lot of fun. And, so, uh, so Jeff, what you mentioned to me a few days ago hit me very hard. You said this was a wonderful product to have during the COVID lockdown. And yeah. all I do every day when I wake up and I start reading the newspapers, it's like everyone's depressed. Everybody feels disoriented. People have the blahs. They come up with all these names that jargon names that you know that I don't know. You told me that this was an unbelievable product to have during this time. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I think it is. There's, I remember somebody commenting to me in two contexts. One was on poker, where someone said, you know, that they was talking to somebody and said, you know, most of my friends are on this right now. And he's made friends. And this is where my social life is right now. It gets on. <laughs> generally a nice group of people. Um, and in, in another uh, application that we'll talk about called Big Screen, um, I was listening to people talk about how this was a real lifesaver during COVID because they could watch, they could go to the, virtually go to the movies with other people and watch them, sit and watch a movie in a theater environment and get that sensibility again um, I also think it can be helpful for people who tend to get uh, a little more depressed in the winter when light is low, because I know if I, if my mood is a little low, I can go to big screen, I can watch golf, which I kind of consider to be a light kind of activity. And I can watch golf in this beautiful apartment with, you know, the drapes are flowing from the wind coming in and out and it's light and it's bright. And wherever I am, I can be in that kind of environment and it kind of picks me up. So, I mean, in that regard, you can, you can go to places, you can be with people, um, you can interact and have a good time in a way that you're not able to do now. Is this possible to use the Oculus Quest 2 or, or any kind of virtual reality headset for kids in a classroom? Because they're talking about classroom on Zoom, how it doesn't work, the kids are isolated, they're getting depressed, there's no socialization. I mean, am I crazy to ask that question? No, I think it could be used very effectively. Every kid, you know, at this point, you know, of the technology would be an avatar. Um, you know, you'd be looking at, and, you know, they'd have their name above their head, so you knew who that person was. And you can dress up your avatar, you can, you know, wear a hat, you can have a certain outfit on, you can do all these kinds of things. 
But what's different about it, and I think what makes what might make it better for classroom environment, is that everyone could be sitting, uh, looking at the teacher, and the teacher, um, relative to everybody else, feels natural. And then the student that's sitting next to you or across the room, you would hear them in a way that indicates their distance from you. Um, little subtle changes in the way the sound is projected to your ears. And you'd have more of an interactive environment because you could see everybody at once as if you were in a classroom. You could manipulate things. You could go to a virtual blackboard, walk up to that blackboard and write out a problem or um, the teacher could play a clip of a video or a movie or whatever instructional aid he or she had. And everyone would be looking at it from the right perspective. Uh, because when you're in something like big screen, let's say, if you're sitting to the side of the screen, you feel like you're sitting to the side of the screen. If you're sitting close, you're, you know, you kind of got to look up a little bit. If you're sitting far back, you know, you've got the wide view. So it's a very, it, I think it would add a lot of natural, uh, a, a much more natural element to the classroom. So can you explain to the audience, most the young audience knows, but the older audience, what an avatar is and how you create it? Okay, an avatar is like a representation of yourself in virtual, virtual reality. And this is in place of the fact that you can't quite, the technology is not there to kind of scan yourself and have you move. Um, and what it is, it's consider it like, um, almost like a puppet, you know, that you can dress up. So you've got a head, you can put on different hair, you, you know, um, people put on jewelry and rings and outfits and you can change it up pretty much anytime you want. And what you're looking, when you're looking at Avatar, what you're seeing is this sort of stylized, um, almost caricature of a person um, that's designed by that person and you can to maybe represent that person like you could find um a blouse or something like you're wearing now you could find glasses like you're wearing now and then people would know it was you <clears throat> and it's easier to render that in virtual reality at this point given what the computing power is right now so what how what difficult is that to put together why how difficult is that to put together? It's not a difficult at all. It's like you can click on, you know, eyes, ears, face, hair. You're just clicking and you can choose color of hair and style, what clothing you're wearing. It's very easy to do. If you don't want to mess with all of that, there's some preset avatars that you can just click on and say, okay, that one looks good enough. And I'm just going to look like that. Um, to everybody. Can you change um, it all the time? Oh yeah, yeah. You if I start, in. if I start fat and I get thin, I could like take pounds off. Yeah, there are heavier-looking avatars and skinnier-looking avatars. Um, so I can so, have yeah. a thin waist and big boobs. Absolutely. Okay, that's you can look like Jessica Rabbit if you want. Okay, <laughs> I think I do already. Um, so, so Jeff, seriously, because we have a lot of people that don't know anything about this world at all, how difficult 
would it be for your in-laws who were in their late 70s, early 80s to do this on their own? They go out and buy it, they have to set it up. How complicated is all of this? I don't think it's that complicated. I think it's good to have somebody who has it, who can guide you through. But basically, once you put the headset on, everything is right there to guide you. There are videos that will tell you what the next step is. It'll say, put your left controller on, put your right controller on. Mm. This is this button, this is that button. And what's nice is that when you're looking at your hands, you see them with controllers in them and they'll highlight the button you're supposed to push. So um, you see your hand and your hand when it moves, like if my thumb moves, it will move in front of me, my virtual hand will move in the same exact way. So you get, you get good at it pretty quickly. And then there's a whole tutorial that Oculus has where it has you pick things up. Um, it has you like throw a ball, throw a paper airplane, uh, change things from one hand to another, manipulate various objects. And so after a while, the controllers become an extension of your hand and you kind of know what to do. So I don't think it's that hard. I think for anybody, it's good if you know somebody, but you can do it on your own as well. So Jeff, um, I have a, lots of other questions, but where do people go to buy this? And how do they like set it up? Where, and how much does it cost? How do you get involved with this whole thing? So right now, at least the pricing that I know about, it's either $299 or $399, depending on how much memory. It's $299 if you get the 64 gig version. It's $399 if you get the 256 version. And what is the difference? What's the difference with the gigs? What? It, it's just the amount of apps that you can store. Mm. Um, and you, you can also record. So, I mean, you can record everything you're doing on it um, as a video and post it on Facebook. So if you're really into doing that, you may need more space. The power and ability for the Oculus to do any particular app, I don't think is dependent at all on memory because the processor is exactly the same in both. Um, you can get it at Costco, you can get it at Best Buy, you can get it on Amazon. Um, each company will give you, you know, their own pricing or if they add any, um, extras with it. Um, but do prices change, do prices change all the time? Am I going to buy no. it for 400 bucks and then next week I'm going to see it for 199? Oh God, no, no, I've not seen any real price fluctuation. The only thing I've seen really is, um, like Costco will package it with like a case or another kind of accessory. So that's the only difference that I've seen. Maybe some minor price fluctuations of maybe 15 or $20, but nothing, the price is pretty well set. Jeff, do you need to take, if I was on a trip and I said, I'm just going to take my Oculus Quest 2 with me, do I have to take my laptop with me or my smartphone as well? Do I have to have it? Or I could just take this carry case, that carrying case that um, Costco gives me and be on my way. Right. You, you, you don't need to bring a laptop with you to run 
the Oculus Quest. The, the thing about the Oculus Quest is totally independent of any um, computer backup. Oculus makes a virtual virtual reality headset called the Rift. Yeah. You need a PC for, um, and it may be able to run some higher level games, but the Quest 2 um, is kind of a rival because it can run some very sophisticated games completely independently. The only reason you'd want to have your smartphone with you is there's an Oculus app, and uh, that'll show you certain settings you can do that communicates with your headset all the time. I can check to see if friends are online on the app without going on the headset. Um, I think I told you I was jealous because I saw a friend playing poker without me, and I figured, you know, what's he doing? You know, <laughs> playing with other people. So you can see that on the app. I'm okay. Um, jealous time. I would be. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the programs. I know that you told me about bowling, poker, and blackjack. Wandering, which I need more information about, productivity, relaxation. How many programs are there? There are hundreds of different programs. The ones that I'm familiar with, um, and I can run it down quickly for you. All is... right, we have. I just want to tell you, we've got eight minutes left, less on this Zoom thing. So we want we want you to. Get, I think people need to know about the programs to really want to go out and buy this to so tell us everything not okay, every so program like, but yeah right so like big screen for example is a way of watching movies in a movie theater environment and so there are all these different environments that you can watch movies or tv programs and i use it mostly for tv and i'll watch they have dedicated stations so they'll have um they have like a star trek station and only plays star trek so you have like-minded people sitting in the audience with you and you're all watching the same content at the same exact time. And you're usually in a beautiful theater environment uh, where you can look around and kind of appreciate what the environment looks like. And some environments in big screen are like, uh, like a personal movie theater, like you'd find in someone's home. Uh, some are classic, some are retro. Um, there's an outdoor theater where you're sitting in a car, you know, or like a drive-in. Um, but how many movies? Are there hundreds of movies or like only 20 to pick from? Um, I don't know exactly, but my sense is probably, um, I don't know, 30 or 40 different movies. And do Plus, they introduce new ones all the time? Yes. Yeah. There's always new ones coming out. And then there's um, then there's also movie channels, like classic movies. You go to that channel anytime, there's some classic movie playing. There's sci-fi type channels. There's uh, like, there's an Adam's Family channel if you wanna watch Adam's Family all day long. Um, there's also, so people do in big screen is they host their own events. So maybe they have a movie that they wanna show or a video clip they wanna show and they host it and people come. And it's, again, there was one on, there was a Star Trek episode that somebody really, really loved and people saw it was about this episode and people showed up talking about the episode like it was you know, the greatest thing in the entire world. And it was just fun to listen to the enthusiasm. So um, 
So there are lots of categories lots and of lots categories. of for, for everyone and constantly right. being mixed around and taken right. away and added to and stuff like that. So right. the last question is a psychologist that I want to ask you is that the whole world is complaining that we're looking at a screen all day. You know, you're a doctor. Tell us like what impact has the Oculus Quest 2 had on you and your family? I mean, what do you say well, about people that say, here is another, <laughs> wait a um, second. Wait, no, everyone said, yeah, everyone says we're like isolating ourselves. So go ahead, answer that again. I, well, I think the natural counter argument to that is this is not isolating. This is bringing people together. And in the context of COVID, bringing people together in a way they never could have been together before. So I, the two of my friends that both got Oculus, we all sat and played poker together. Then we went and played blackjack together. And all through this, we're communicating. Um, I can go to a movie and say, hey, who wants to watch you know, a movie together and we can do it on demand and we're all sitting watching in real time and talking about the movie, um, you know, like we might uh, during the movie, but not disturbing anybody. Um, so I, I don't think it's, I think too much of anything can be problematic in technology. I mean, there's always a time where you just need to like take everything, you, know, you need to put everything away and read a book. Uh, and not be have your nose in your phone or your computer or the Oculus, but I think um, I think it's another good and a uh, way of uh, getting information and sharing information and being with people. So I don't okay, think Jeff, terrible. We're out of time because we're a cheap production, so um, or the or budget production. We want to thank you. This has really been fabulous. I think you really gave an awesome description of what virtual reality is about. We'd love you to come back to talk to us about our anxiety, our sleep and mood disorders. That would be terrific. Um, God bless your family for dealing with the Oculus Quest 2 and having you disappear all the time, run to the basement or the dungeon and put this stuff on your head and you know your dog misses you, your wife misses you, your daughter misses you, but it is the new world and if people want to get involved in the digital world, this is still a great socialization and you're a doctor and you're telling us it's okay to use it. So will yeah, you come back I, to I visit with us? Oh, absolutely. Did we torture you? No, no one tortured me at all. Then we didn't I mean, do a good uh, job. I think you did, well, a little torture, maybe. No, not much. I mean, not anything. I, you know, I'm used to a little bit during the day at some point. But uh, now I got it out of the way early. Okay. So, Jeff, hang there. We're ending the show. Thank you so much. I am Lois Whitman Hess with the greatest Zoom audio video sound engineer, David. Yabez. He's And David, this is the first show that he stayed awake during the whole show. So he must what? have liked the topic. What are you that's talking right. about? I'm always awake. <laughs> so that's terrific. Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Young from UCLA and Encino, California. Thank you. Stay tuned. We're ending the show now. Bye, everybody. This is Lying on the Beach on Camera.